0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Well, we have had a day already. Welcome to Time Zars. If you look right now at your uh, amount of time remaining in the episode, you may think, whoa, what's this? An episode and a half of Times Ours? What did I miss? Well, a lot. And we missed a lot. Uh early this morning here as we sit here on March eleventh. We did a podcast. Crack a dawn. We were up. We were rocking, man. We were talking about free agency. We were talking about we're talking about that offensive line. We're talking about Nate's apparently prophetic Lucas Niang story. We were in and out and all over. We were having a dandy old time. Then the podcast ended. We we're about to send our files to Danielle. Mm-hmm. Then Nate's phone buzz mm-hmm. Adam Schefter. The Chiefs have released Eric Fisher. Well, well, that's big news. We should probably talk about that. All right, you know what? We'll do a little thing. We'll tack it on the beginning. We can knock it out in five minutes, and then, bzz, My phone buzzes. What's that? And Mitchell Schwartz. Well, Let's reconvene later (laughs) and redo this podcast. So welcome to Time Zars that you'll be introduced to twice because here's the plan for today. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Nate Taylor is here now as well. No Seth Kaiser for this first half of the first third of the show or whatever. Uh, We were all three together the full episode we did this morning and there is some really good stuff in there and there's a lot about Lucas Niang actually which again only becomes more relevant yes. now but after you'll hear the intro in a little while you will know that uh that was before Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz were both released by the Kansas City Chiefs enormous news today and so we'll talk about that part here now in this first little chunk of the show Nate how have your last few hours
2: gone It's been, uh, pretty interesting, somewhat surprising. Um, I think you and I both agree, Josh. And look, I had written this a couple times in the athletic that the most logical cap casualty in the cruelest of ways was Eric Fisher, because you could gain the most cap space by releasing him. Um, obviously in light of his Achilles tear that occurred in the AFC championship game. Um, The Chiefs cutting both Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz in essentially two minutes apart um, was the surprise. And now this pushes things forward where you say, okay, where are the Chiefs from a roster standpoint, particularly at two important positions at the right and left tackle? And as I write in The Athletic, this pretty much confirms that the offensive line is going through mostly a complete overhaul. Um, I thought there was a chance, especially after what Mitchell Schwartz put out on Twitter, that said, hey, my recovery time is not that long. Uh, Maybe it's a couple months. Maybe it kind of bleeds in the training camp, but I should be fine. And I think Mitchell Schwartz has given the benefit of the doubt because before this back injury, he had been the most reliable offensive lineman in the league. Yeah. By cutting both of them under the over-the-cap estimation, which, again, you should always be checking out over-the-cap. They do fabulous work, the most accurate information, I believe, as to like what the league and the Players Association use for you know the salary cap purposes. Over-the-cap says that by cutting both players, the Chiefs have now saved or cleared $18 million um, mm-hmm. in cap space, which gets them very close to the new... Salary cap, which is at 182.5, which we also get into uh, much further in the podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I just think all of this is to say, we thought if one of them isn't back, understandable. Both not being back, that's a bit of a surprise. And it means that the Chiefs are moving into essentially a new era where it's on Brett Veach, that front office, and the coaching staff to make Patrick Mahomes as upright as possible because although Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher are over 30 and are injured or recovering from injuries, I should say replacing those two guys in the production they gave, particularly in 18 and 19, it's not going to be easy to do. So I'm fascinated to see what the next moves are, but Josh, how do you take into the accounting that not only do we now understand what truly is the most, biggest priority of the offseason but how do you think the rest of the roster sort of you know shifts now because it's so clear to everybody that they need offensive linemen in 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 bunches
1: it's such a good question and i'll I'll give you i'll give you my kind of the take here from me at the at the front and then i can build out the logic however we need to here but we're now at this place where lucas niang is in some ways, the best known quantity on this offensive line, or on the at the tackle right, position, that right. is, and that man has not played an NFL snap. Correct. That is crazy. Correct. You see an enormous void at tackle. Twitter these last several hours has been all about. All right, let's find our dude at thirty-one, who's playing left tackle for the Chiefs. And in terms of the roster altogether, in terms of the cap that they the cap money they cleared out there. I, I think we probably should have been a little more aggressive about expecting Eric Fisher to not be on this team. Now, I'll give you the reason that I think we got a little bit swindled on that. We got a little bit duped. It's because I'd like to quote a man really quickly, if I could. Just a man talking to just a man talking to some other people about 10 days ago. Mitch just recently had his disc worked on, and we're hopeful for him to return to training camp. And the same thing with mm-hmm. Fish. So we're hopeful both of these guys can complete the rehab and be available for training camp and start the 2021 mm-hmm. season. That is Brett Veach 10 days ago lying to our faces, just, just taking all of us for fools and, and, and not wrongly, correctly, taking all of us for fools, I guess. um, Because I really, between what Schwartz had said that you mentioned already and that statement there, I really thought Mitchell Schwartz was going to be not just on this team, come opening day, but the starting right tackle week one. I w- that's who I would have put my money on in that regard. Um, I thought the math always was a little fishy, no pun intended, for Eric Fisher to try to have him playing left tackle, even if you're only expecting him to play half the half season, the season right. two-thirds mm-hmm. of the season, whatever, yeah. But here's where I'm at now. And again, roster construction-wise, where they go from here. I have seen a lot of people tweet their opening day uh, Chiefs offensive line. Everybody's got Lucas Niang at right tackle already, right? That's fine. That makes sense. Honestly, I I think we'll we'll know very soon exactly how they feel about Lucas Niang because if they add only one tackle before the draft, we're going to know they feel all right about Lucas Niang. I'm not sure if they move on from Mitchell Schwartz if they don't like Niang. I don't know what Schwartz's actual medicals mm-hmm. are, though. So that's right. all, you know, that's has asterisk. But I will be absolutely floored. I don't, this is no inside information. This is no report. I will be floored just from my logical reasoning and what I know about the Kansas City Chiefs and Brett Veach. Floored. If they enter the NFL draft with Yassir Durant as the guy protecting <laughs> a $500 million blindside, <laughs> I would be stunned beyond belief. I'm not going to do another taser bet because I've got one still outstanding. Right. But there, there's it, that's twofold for me, okay? One is that let's say you get one of those dudes. You get Cosme at 31, which I think at this point, not sure he'll be right. there. Let's go ahead and pencil it in. You end up taking Leatherwood, whatever, okay? You find your favorite tackle that you pencil into that left spot. One, rookies are not sure things. That applies to Lucas Nyang here as well. Two, First-round rookies are not sure things. Just because you go in the first round does not mean you are bringing any sort of guaranteed stability to the left Uh, side of that uh, offensive line.
2: His name was Eric Fisher, and he was drafted first overall in 2013.
1: We went through this. So three, Nate, three, is that if you're picking that dude at 31, we're not talking about Sewell here, and we're not talking about Eric Fisher, who bounced around and had his early career struggles that we all remember. Mm -hmm. You're talking about picking at 31. Four— you have no idea who's going to be available after 30 picks. And it's probably not going to be a a second tier tackle because maybe Sewell is on his own or maybe you want to go ahead and say it's going to be a second tier guy, but the two first tier guys are way off the board already, whatever. You are picking from a very limited pool there And you're just gonna have that dude protect Patrick Mahomes and say YOLO? (laughs) I, I I think I think that is an impossibility at this point for Brett Veach. I would I would be happy to bet something that is not electrical that the Chiefs will invest in a left tackle. And then, and then it gives them flexibility in the draft. They want to draft the tackle, fine. Then they might have a guy to compete with Lucas Niang or step in for the veteran after this year or a couple of years down the road. They can draft the edge that they're going to take at 31 still. they can Maybe they go for a center there. I cannot imagine that they cleared $18 million just to spend it all on edge rushers and then and then try to have some rookie at 31 protect Patrick Mahomes.
2: So if we look at the current roster right now, Josh, <laughs> uh, Yossier Durant, is a tackle. He is on the roster. Lucas Niank coming back from uh, opting out is a tackle. You know, there was a time, and, you know, perhaps still where Martinez Rankin considers himself a tackle. Do you want a little Martinez Rankin uh, coming off essentially a, an entire injury year from his, from his knee injury in 2019? And that's about it. Because yeah. Mike Rimmers uh, is a free agent. It's, it will be interesting to see how much the Chiefs try to convince him to come back for a one year deal as sort of a backup, just because he already knows the offense and the system. And look, when given the opportunity, he played well when he wasn't, you know, trying to uh, be the starting right tackle in the Super Bowl, which was, you know, obviously, you know, overreaching what his talent is at this point. Left tackle. Or, yeah. yeah, excuse me. Left tackle. He yeah. had moved from right to left. Yeah. Um, right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mention something. That I found to be quite interesting, knowing this yeah. man and knowing exactly his line of thinking and me having similar thoughts um now again, I'm reporting as best I can through a situation that's that's gonna be fluid just because free agency, as I've said, and you will hear much later, gonna be pretty wild kids um they mm-hmm. they just cut two proven tackles <laughs> like. Yep, most NFL teams don't even do that even given these circumstances so yep, our buddy Jeff Allen former chief uh, I'm going to quote him on Twitter from five hours ago quote there's a plan in place you don't make moves like this unless you know yep. for sure what you're doing I trust reach just a tough business sucks seeing your friends get cut yep I completely agree with him, and I want to know what the move is. And that's what's mm-hmm. gonna be fascinating over the next four days, I believe. Are you telling me Trent Williams is in play? Everybody's in play. Everybody's in play Because I think. You, you can't be making these moves unless Trent Williams isn't in play. That's right. And Seth Kaiser, who's not here, would tell us, our buddy Seth would tell us, you wanna you wanna plug and play? That's the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now uh, you're gonna li- listen later on if you're so kind to, to to listen to us talk for for you know longer than usual. I mentioned that Villanueva is a is a fascinating prospect as an option because he's in his 30s, he's been durable, got some of the same qualities in terms of what you would expect to get from that player, similar to Mitchell Schwartz. He is not as talented as Mitchell Schwartz, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but he is competent. Mm -hmm. That's about it in terms of free agency and as far as tackles who you know can play on the left side who are A, not franchise tagged, B, not signed to a long-term deal, and C, uh, guys that you won't have to, you know, put a ton of faith and burden on from a draft class. So, Josh, that leads you to believe if it isn't Trent Williams, if it isn't Villanueva, who they trading for? And we know who's involved. Brett Veach out here got eight picks. Yep. I, I There's a guy in Baltimore who wants to be traded for. Yep. I don't know if the Chiefs should trade for that player. Mm-hmm. But I don't exactly know what the plan is. But I'm fascinated to see when you make this decision, there's got to be an assurance. And if the Chiefs somehow get Trent Williams, whew, that whoo, okay. I'm just it's a possibility is all I'm saying. They they will be I was told the Chiefs are going to be ultra aggressive and the entire offseason in a lot of ways comes down to how the hell they rebuild this offensive line.
1: Yeah. And look, a couple other things. One, I mean, you mentioned uh, Orlando Brown in yeah. Baltimore. The one, those moves make me a little bit queasy, uh, or queasy might be too strong, or make me a little nervous, basically for, like, the Frank Clark deal where you're giving up capital and in, money.
2: Yes. Cause, That's cause, tough. By the me. way, Mr. Orlando's not going to come here if you're not going to pay
1: him. That's right. So I— that that makes me a little hesitant because I'm, I'm happy. Look, if you want to trade up and, and draft a rookie that you're really confident in, in a situation, all right, fine. If you want to pay someone in free agency, cool. You want to pay a guy that's on your roster already, sure. Um, but whenever you're in that situation, you have the least leverage and you're paying the most for a guy. That scares me a little bit. Um, th- one other element, by also the, the trade idea is one thing that makes more sense given the timing of this. Mm-hmm. Because we're not in the legal tampering period yet. And Correct. Look, everybody's tampering everybody's tampering everybody's tampering like that like it might not be legal yet but so it's like speeding is also illegal and everybody's speeding so like (laughs) i i imagine that they have a plan pretty well locked into place but if you have a trade pretty much in place or or a very good idea of where that's headed you can be having those conversations with a dude you know with a team who's got a dude under contract already
2: yes one thing i wanted
1: to ask you about though um is something that i've seen I I wouldn't just bring up anything I've seen on Twitter, but I have seen a lot of people who would have a pretty good idea, some some reporters and stuff that I I think highly of who have suggested, hey, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe once Eric Fisher's healed up, maybe the Chiefs revisit this. Maybe there's a reunion in the future whenever he's healthy for less money. I would love to know what you think about that. I'll tell you where I'm at and why I'm skeptical. If if you're under contract with the team and your threat is, hey, we're going to cut you or you want to work something out to try to figure this out, I think that's when the team has the most leverage. And if you're going to get cut and also be carrying a dead cap hit because you've been moved on from in that regard, um, I don't know why that player would be terribly likely to revisit you later on once you've gotten healthy for free as opposed to taking the pay cut and getting healthy in the building, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I've seen enough people who would know sort of
2: suggest it. So I'm, I'm curious what you think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is not a visual medium, but I am nodding pretty emphatically. Excellent. Have I, have I heard similar things? Yes. Is it in the athletic by the time you listen to this podcast? Yes. One possibility is, and I've sort of, I've sort of, I won't say hedge it, but like to from what I've heard, based on what we also heard ten days ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is a possibility at the midway point. So let's say eight games, nine games in a quiet seventeen game season, um mm-hmm. Eric Fisher feels healthy. Now, this goes into relationships and what you know and the and the the ability to be comfortable with who you're working with and why you want to work with that person. There is a possibility for whatever reason. Now, what also isn't a factor in this, Josh, and you probably know this is, can you tell me what the chief salary cap situation is going to be in mid, in mid October, November? No, <laughs> right. no I, I, I barely know what it is right now. Right. So again, there's a lot of things have to work a certain way, but there's a chance um, that Eric Fisher could give the chiefs the first call would kind of be the way I would Mm -hmm. uh, sort of describe it. Hey, I feel good. I did some workouts. I'm moving now. got cleared by an independent doctor in order to sign a contract. You want your doctors to look at me? Cool. I'm already in town. I'm already Mm -hmm. living here. Like, why don't you come on through? Uh, I'll take a couple COVID tests. That's what we're still doing in late October, early November. And we'll just see. I'll give you guys the first opportunity. If it doesn't work out, then my agent will... Um, scour the rest of the league and see what the landscape is in terms of my market value. Um, but like, even the vet minimum for somebody going into year nine—I mean, that's 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 something mm-hmm. for teams that are already cap-strapped with the salary cap going down. So, mm-hmm. in in essence, yes, I agree with you. It's a there's a chance, but it seems it still seems low in terms of the percentage right now. Because again, you'd have to show. You'd have to show a lot of different things working out a certain way. Uh, the team feeling a need, obviously, for, for Schwartz to come back. Obviously, they you could always say that, hey, it's a protection depth thing. Makes sense. We all saw what the Super Bowl was uh, a couple months ago, or a month ago. Yep. All I'm saying is that it's probably time, and I think you're right, Josh, where you could have these conversations where you say, hey, you're already on the roster. We can't keep you at this number for all of these reasons. These are really hard discussions, but, like, this is where we're at. The player is established. You know what you're going to get from the player. The player wants trust in terms of, hey, I haven't been through this type of rehab before, but I've been through previous rehabs, and I feel like I can come back and still give you the best of what I have based on my age, talent, and experience. Team says, we love you. We're going to be nice to you. Mm -hmm. But we got to get under the cap. And this is the easiest way for us to get under the cap. I assume that's the discussion that was had. Um, I, sh- well, I shouldn't say assume. It's more or less what the discussion was. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate. And as I write, it's just, remember, kids, business be business. And it's cruel. And when it ends, it's never pretty, usually. Yeah. Unless your name's like John Elway or something. And even then, I would say it hasn't been pretty since then. Um yeah. All this is to say is that Josh, you know, this was not this was not easy, but it's what is being asked. Uh the Chiefs have now joined, I don't know, half the league and making really tough decisions that they would not normally make under a year that was clouded by and impacted by a pandemic. So um Eric Fisher wants to continue his career. I'd be fascinated to see where he is in, like, again, November. But I don't think Chiefs fans should hold on to the idea that there's an overwhelming certainty that, that he's going to be playing in a Chiefs uniform again. I I just would – I would caution you if you had yeah. such a thought.
1: I think that's well said. I think that's, I think that's good – perspective on it um one thing that i, I want to circle back on and then we can kind of give our our final thoughts and, and figure out where we go from here um, but we spent a lot of time immediately looking at like the current line and looking forward which i i have no regrets about starting there because that's where everybody's at right now everyone is the this is fine dog while the room is on fire he's just drinking coffee like this is fine that i feel like that's chief's twitter at the moment except for no one's even saying this is fine everyone's just running around in the fire mm-hmm. but the uh, I mean the reality here also is that the Chiefs just cut uh, the guy who was tied for their longest tenured player. In fact, actually was, was by yeah. a couple hours or maybe yep. even by a day. Because uh, Travis Kelsey was a third-round pick. I cannot remember what the split was in terms of uh, how many rounds were what in, back in 2013. Now every round is uh, one week, and so it takes longer. But— <laughs> it was the longest-tenured <laughs> chief tied by year with, with Travis Kelsey. Yes, right. and, and then Mitchell Schwartz, who came in and was excellent for several years, universally beloved, had mm. the snap streak that he continued for so long here. Um, and again, I, I, honestly... I was I was not surprised. I was surprised to see it happen, I guess. I, in retrospect, should not have been surprised about Eric Fisher. I am still surprised about Mitchell Schwartz, if I'm being completely honest. I, right. I really didn't see that one coming, just based on what we've heard from him and the Chiefs. But I wonder if you've got anything to kind of put into perspective uh, how enormous a move it is to have both of those guys, um, a, as far as right now at least, you know, leaving the organization uh, and being, being released from the organization.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I know... Is how excruciating it was for both men to not be on the field for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then put your mind in their put yourself in their perspective of watching one of the largest reasons they lost. And we have to remember, Tom Brady, he kind of played all right. Litter Fournette Mm kind of played well. Rob Gronkowski, I don't. I mean, did he come out of a time machine? Anyway. (laughs) There are other reasons why the Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl. We should acknowledge that. But a large reason is the way the offensive line got manhandled. And yep. I, I just can't tell you how excruciating it was for both guys, knowing that they're kind of in a similar situation where they're both coming off a season where you go through so much just to get back to the Super Bowl, to then go through a rehab that's going to be grueling and tough and elongated in some in some realms um it's it's weird for anybody to be in the middle of their career at the height of you know what industry they're at and to be removed from the situation and then get true appreciation for their contributions mm. that's where they are um mm. Eric Fisher knows he is perhaps like his approval rating has never been higher Josh and he's yeah. no longer on the team like like yeah. when you really think about what he represents which was literally a new beginning because I like to tell people all the time the chiefs the the worst year in chiefs history is literally 2012 for a lot of reasons we can talk them through but y'all the winter of 2012 was horrid um they hire Andy Reid and I've said this before Andy Reid goes to Indianapolis with the new shine of, hey, I got a new job. Show me these quarterbacks. <laughs> oh my God, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so, his plan B helped. Maybe Andy Reid's plan C was, well, I mean, if we're going to get a quarterback, we might as well get a tackle now. And we think mm-hmm. this guy has the work ethic, the talent, the determination to really have a have a pretty good, sustainable career. And they were right. It took longer than Chiefs fans wanted because... He has the number one jersey next to Roger Goodell. How is he not a Hall of Famer? Anyway, all of this is to say is that the real story arc to Eric Fisher is fascinating because, and he alluded to this in his Instagram post, which I'm sure you saw, Josh. Like, he has one highlight in his career. Maybe two if Mm -hmm. you want to count the touchdown celebration against the the Houston Texans. But on the field, he has one highlight. And the play from Eric Bienemy was literally called Catch and Release. And yeah. he was released today to perhaps the biggest applause that he actually won't hear. Um, for Mitchell Schwartz, this may be it, kids. Hmm. Um, there's too many people talking in and around the organization, or just in football circles as a whole, where we don't know the severity of Mitch, of Mitch's back injury. Um, I'm not really sure what his market is at this point, just because, again, you would go through a physical and see where your body is and what you could do, and that would take time. And, you know, the Chiefs know that no team's going to go out and sign Mitchell Schwartz in four or five days. Uh, mm-hmm. But, as I've reported, people at the time during the season were saying, hey, maybe Mitch was... Thinking about this, although he never told that explicitly to the Chiefs. Um, you know, but I don't I don't know where, where Mitch Mitchell Schwartz goes from here. Obviously, he's an amazing cook. Um mm-hmm. he can break down football in a way that I try to tell people is is like the best I've ever seen of guys mm-hmm. I've actually covered day in, day out, who can just explain it in such a way that's like mind boggling but also simple. And so yeah. I'm going to miss the living hell out of him in the locker yeah. room. Whenever I can be back in the locker room or just in Zoom calls in general just because I don't think he ever evaded a question. I don't think he ever held himself too high, but he never held himself too low. Um he had arguably the greatest stretch any offensive lineman can have, which is for an entire season in which your team goes and wins the Super Bowl. One, you're there for every game. Two, you play almost every snap. Three, you don't give up a sack. And four, you smother team's best defensive ends that force them to have to go against your friend on the other side of the offensive line. We don't even want to go here anymore. Like, yeah. hey, hey, Nick Bosa, don't. Just move. <laughs> just move to the other <laughs> side. Don't waste your time. Don't, yeah, don't, waste don't your even time. waste your time. <laughs> time. It's not even worth it. Um, He has Hall of Fame talent. I just don't know if he's played long enough yeah. to even be considered for a Hall of Famer. Which tells you how hard it is to be a Hall of Famer. But never forget, Mitchell Schwartz had Hall of Fame talent, if this is the end or or wherever his career goes from here. The dude had Hall of Fame talent and was a technical master, which I'm sure Seth uh, somewhere hears me and is like, Mm -hmm. yes, sir, yes. (laughs) Um, They were loved when the team won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They are legends now and they're not on the roster anymore. It's just it's just odd how sometimes how these things work out. Yeah.
1: I think that's good stuff. Uh let's wrap it up there then. So what you're going to hear for the next hour if you do uh continue listening is I really would urge you to cuz it's uh, most of what you're about to hear is very 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 relevant now. Maybe more so than we, when we recorded it this morning. Seth, uh, Seth has got some looks at, you know, big swings the Chiefs could make. I think those are more likely to happen now because they've got more space and a bigger void to fill. Uh, Nate's story on Lucas Niang again comes through as basically prophetic at this point and uh, is incredibly relevant to what the Chiefs' plans are going to be from this point forward. You have to imagine uh, that Niang will be very heavily featured somewhere across that line. I do think somewhere we talk about like him at guard and it seems like right now the guard, the guard spot, I don't know who's (laughs) going to be there, but like LDT and Nick Allegretti are back. The guard spot is in way more certain hands right now than the tackle position. And that just did a complete 180. Uh, from from when we started recording at about 7.30 this morning to when we're wrapping up this year now at about 2.30 this afternoon. So uh, without further ado, it's a weird sign-off to, to say that here's the end of the show, the beginning of the show, woo!
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch
3: Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
0: All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working.
1: With that time jersey. The salary cap has been set. The NFL draft order has been set with compensatory picks. Don't let anybody tell you that nothing's happened this week in the NFL. We got off-season drama in every corner. We've got maybe some free agents that you may or may not have expected. Some free agents that got franchise tagged, and so now this show will have absolutely zero Allen Robinson talk beyond the name that I just said just now. We're in it, baby. It's almost free agency time, and the Chiefs obviously have uh, a lot of holes to fill, and also a lot of guys on their own roster to make some decisions about. That's what we're talking about today here on Time R's on The Athletic. I'm Josh Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. Nate, are you catching free agency fever?
2: Yes. <laughs> Did you just, we just, we just learned, Josh, that New Orleans Saints, who are like, wait, how much, how much, <laughs> how much do we need to get out of the cashways? Just released another player. So, hey, I mean, the salary cap's 182.5. Uh... The Chiefs wanted it to be 185. I mean, it's it's gonna be a weird next couple days because more people are gonna get cut, and then like as Seth mentioned before, dudes in the middle are gonna get squeezed. It's just it's just the reality. Um, I I just want people to know that whatever happens next week. Because that's when you can, like, legally start to talk to free agents as if that's not happening already. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want everybody to know next week, not that everything's on the table, but, man, I feel like there's there's a wider range of of variations as to how all these things are going to play out. And, like, who's truly a target versus, like, a pipe dream. And I know Seth's going to get to that here in a minute. (laughs) Did someone say pipe dreams, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I am fascinated for the idea that like the chiefs have been pretty quiet and I don't know what that necessarily means. Seth, have you been vaccinated against free agent fever
1: yet? (laughs)
3: no but i caught it once earlier a few months ago so i think i'm good
1: um i so that's i know you were doing a specific covid joke but that's such a good way to read about how i actually (laughs) feel about free agency right now is it i caught free agency fever about a month ago and 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 since then i've really only been paying attention to ku football like that's what my life has (laughs) been about this last. Uh. look
3: look don't 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 talk about it too too loudly, or the ghost of Sam Mellinger appears and kills your career.
1: <laughs> if Sam wants to, he will cancel this podcast with Sam, his words. Sam will
3: just, I just, that is, I mean, I, I got to be honest. Just seriously, I'm I'm sure he's an avid listener. Shout out to Sam on the on the funniest. I've seen some some bad presser moments and I've seen worse ones than that. But I think it was because it was so gentle yes. and so you know, they they weren't really successful. Well
1: in what what regard? Well on the field <laughs> and that's just like- and then and then also the coach that fell off a motorcycle with his mistress anyway jeff let me yeah let me just talk about was, KU football with you if you it it don't know what we're just- talking about it, yeah, a cursor at google or listen to any of almost entirely
2: sports this week will catch you up <laughs> yeah yeah maybe just, any just any just, kansas and, and city you follow <laughs> and by the way just the idea that the school was like now look um we've mutually agreed <laughs> we're not gonna say his name <laughs> We need to win football games. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, <laughs> that's that's not why we're here. Yeah, that's not what we were talking about. That <laughs> that's thing. what? Wait, what? Right. Like, what? It's,
0: I believe mean, that's yeah, for so all the KU oh, fans that oh, okay. started we, we this just, podcast we, looking
1: for an escape <laughs> today. It's really, really
0: yeah, Sorry, KU
3: fans. I'm, I'm sorry. genuinely sorry. But no, so with regards to free agency, I, I've, I, yeah, I, I'm i kind of excited It's just, it's one of those things to where I've learned over the years to not mistake. Mm. Like, again, so right now I'm writing an article called Big Swings or For the Fences. I haven't made up my mind yet. Some of, like, the big splashy moves the Chiefs could justify making. And if you haven't paid attention, I've already written about how they can create themselves, like, $30 million worth of cap space just by restructuring and then extending Tyron Matthew, never mind doing a bunch of other things. So don't talk to me. They can make one big swing if they want. And not kill themselves on the cap. So I'm writing about that, but even as I write about it, it's really hard for me to, to write this and not like be someone in my own comment section saying, aren't you just listing every big name free agent? It's like, yes, that's exactly yes. what I'm doing. Yes. I don't know what you <laughs> want from me. Yes, if they're gonna take a big swing, it'll be on, it'll be on Joe Thuney. You know, like I mean, it's like it's like, well, they should take a big swing on a guard. maybe they shouldn't take a big swing on the best guard. You know, like, it (laughs) it just, so it becomes a little repetitive. I'm actually more excited for the article I'm doing tomorrow, which is going to be kind of some bargain shopping where there's a little more nuance to it. But dang it, I want a big swing. I want a big splash. I mostly, because I want to see, and this is is so petty. It really is. This is bad. I I genuinely, I want to see the Chiefs, like, sign, like, Kenny Galladay Mm. or Joe Thuney. Or, you know, some, you know, some high-priced free agent that everyone's just like, you know, just kind of doesn't see coming. And the main reason, or like Trey Hendrickson, that's actually what the next person I'm writing about
2: mm-hmm. here. Or Carl Lawson, mm-hmm. whatever.
3: Now, look. You're, if you're, you, getting, you're getting closer, Seth. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> let me just tell you, cheese fans, if they do take a big swing and it's on a guy like Hendrickson who can play inside and outside, don't be like completely stunned. Because, and honestly, that would be pretty cool. Anyway. For me, it's partly just because I've had a lot of discussions with people about the salary cap in the last few days, and I just want to be able to say, ha, I told you, they can do whatever they want, it doesn't matter, and then just freak out. So again, it's petty, but I just want to see all the, they can't keep getting away with with this, gifts. (laughs) <laughs> and where are the Chiefs getting this money? Remember last year when they had $177 and then mm-hmm. they proceeded to spend like $9 billion or whatever it was. And all, everyone was like, where are the Chiefs coming up with this money? That was really fun to watch. And I want to see it again because I'm petty and have a lot of self-improving to do.
2: Okay, Jess, it's <laughs> now your responsibility to tell him that that's not going to happen this
0: offseason.
2: <gasps> Seth, uh Listen. If you could, if you have just a second for a
1: quick difficult conversation, um, I'm gonna try to Nate. I'm gonna Seth, Seth. take off your headphones. Nate, I'm gonna try to like sandwich it between like some good news and try. I'm gonna try to frame it, you know, in a way that will keep him engaged the rest of the show, even as the difficult news is on the way. Uh, Seth, you can put your headphones back on. Typing <clears throat> Trey Hendrickson's name and now I'm gonna use it. Gonna what? This so Seth. This this may seem like a total non sequitur, but Santa is real. And I know you know that. No way. No, he really? I mean, you, 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 Santa's real, and I know you that's know that. Terrific it's wonderful. news. It's terrific. It's terrific. Terrific news. Also, that made my um, day. It's gonna keep getting warmer in Minnesota. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty uh-huh. good news. That that mm-hmm. is
3: that is good news. Although to be fair, we did get like six inches of snow dumped on us last night. Well, but it's gonna. But it's
1: gonna, it's get, gonna warmer. get warmer. It's gonna it's get warmer. It's gonna get warmer. Are you telling me s- the sun will come out tomorrow? The sun will will. Well, I, it'll go up tomorrow. There may be, there may be clouds between... <laughs> wow, the, the, that's, that's terrific news, too. Thanks, Josh. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I man, just want it's going to be a good day. Um, you're smart, talented, and handsome. Um uh-huh. The Chiefs aren't going to sign any of those major free agents. The Chief of the North Newsletter is doing really well. Hey, it is doing well. Man, it's been such a blessing. I've worked really
3: hard... Wait, what was that other thing you said? <laughs> so
1: <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the news a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that, Nate, that the salary cap is going to be 182.5 across the NFL. The Chiefs adjusted cap number, is going to be 188.4 and a little bit of change. And shame on me for not giving you the number down to the ever-living dollar, like Brett Veach won't use every single penny of it. But right. uh, one, 188.4 is ultimately the Chiefs number with some cap rolling over. Um, a, a cursory look down the list. That's that's about average uh, around the league. Um, I don't know how the Buccaneers have less than one eighty two point five on this list that Field Yates tweeted out. That is a little confusing to me. I don't know how that happened. Did they get punished somehow? I'm not sure. Uh, but but you said you, you know the Chiefs were kind of hoping that it would be more like one eighty five as opposed to the one eighty two and a half. It could have been a whole lot lower if they had not all worked to try to set the floor where they did. Um, ultimately that floor got moved at the 180 180 182.5 now is the league-wide number do you expect that to have any extra repercussions as opposed to it being the difference between 180 and 185 or something in that kind of window or is this pretty much according to plan now
2: well it's it's the best that they could do um and i know from the players association side it's a little bit like but like y'all y'all know y'all about to get all this money from these tv contracts Mm -hmm. like just 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 bump it up a little for you for you for you guys. Um, but the league wants to be you know financially sound and like hey those deals aren't there yet. We want to adjust the cap in a smoothing nature versus just projecting something that maybe isn't the case. We don't know how long we're going to be in this whole pandemic thing. By the way, happy unhappy uh, one year anniversary uh, hmm. to win the world essentially shut down especially in, in america um i think for the chief's sake they were hoping prayed that the league would be like you know what we're gonna take this soft measure and say hey let's let's give teams 190 because have you seen the cap, the saints cap number have, have you seen it the Eagles don't even have money and the Eagles ain't even good.
3: Um, <laughs> the Giants I saw are trying to clear cap room. And I'm like, how? Like, how? like I can't see so a player
2: on your team. Right. A third of the league was like, Hey man, um, how many people we got to cut? So the Chiefs are in this weird space where they don't have to cut as many people as say some of these previous teams have done. Even the Vikings who I think have managed their cap decently over the last few years, realize, hey, we need to move on for some guys. Um, one of the bigger names is Kyle Rudolph. So for the Chiefs, I feel like they can convert some money over. They can sign Tyron Matthew to an extension. I believe that they are on track to do that. Um, now, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think the team wants to see how free agency goes, and you can always sort of, once you get under the cap number at some point, uh, between now and when the league year starts, on the 17th, you can then give Tyron Matthew an extension that is comparable to what he is in terms of ranking him among all the best safeties. You can push much of that money off. Uh, You can give him a nice little signing bonus. And like Seth mentioned, you can create a, a, a good amount of gap. But I know that with 185, the team had already done several rounds of models as to like, okay, We've projected this player to make this much at this salary cap number, 185. We've already understood that, like, here are people that fit our system that we know we have some connection to, whether it's with the coaching staff, player, whether we saw them at the combine when they're coming off their rookie deal four years ago. And we kind of understand, like, who they are and what they've shown on tape. We understand the situation that their team is in, that they're previously coming off from. This is why Trey Henderson is so interesting, just because the Saints normally would try to keep a player that talented who just played his best season of his career on the last year of his rookie deal, but they ain't got no money. So you are trying to identify guys that you know are going to hit the market, guys that you know will fit your system, that'll be affordable to you. And I just think there's going to be a little bit of change as to, okay, now we really got to be honest with ourselves as to what do we prioritize. And I guess this is a bigger question for everybody, even, even our listeners. I've said pass rush has been a a big thing all offseason. You can still be allured by the receiving options, most notably Corey Davis. Um, (laughs) There's still a need to address the offensive line because Brett Veach, to start this month, was like, we need to address address the offensive line. So it's a matter of like, where do you want to go and who are the one or two players at those positions that you feel confident that you can make a legitimate, um, you know, pitch to, and seeing if they're willing to, you know, either sign a one year deal to further their career? Because I think a lot of agents are going to have to have harsh conversations as to be like, "Hey, let's take this one year deal, move it to next year. Hopefully, them TV money come in, everything be good. They have more fans in the stands. Or are you comfortable signing a deal?" And not being Calvin Noy, where it's like, "Hey, I'm gonna sign this money, and a large part of it is after this upcoming season, but they're not gonna cut me next year, right?" If that if that <laughs> all makes sense. Sorry, I just love the lo- the optimistic tone. There made me laugh.
1: <laughs> well, I was gonna just ask what you thought about it, Seth. So that's
2: that. I mean, that's the legitimate conversation, right? They're like, but they're like, if I sign this, they're not gonna cut me right like i'm if i don't get injured if i don't completely fall on my face right if i'm not a you know if i'm a team captain slash leader if i if i manage the young guys and i come in and i'm kind of deferential to the quarterback and the coaches but i'm also like an extra set of eyes ears in the locker room and i'm trying to bond people together Mm. they're not gonna cut me right they're not gonna cut me that's and that's hope springs eternal because I think
3: if there's one thing we're seeing is that NFL teams will cut anyone. Mm-hmm. They really Just about. will. Just about. <laughs> like I mean, you know, look, I mean, you know, spoiler, the Chiefs aren't going to cut Patrick Mahomes. Well, Outside- listen, you don't, we don't know that. <laughs> um, well, you know what? If he, if he asks Sam in what regard during a press conference, <laughs> anything is possible. you you're, you're absolutely right. With uh, you know, Nate, you're always right. You're so, you're just so level-headed. But I want to talk about big swings, dang it! (laughs) Because life is short and we don't know. Bring
2: out that, (laughs) bring out your little Tyke's gigantic bat, and uh, and here we go. Just grab that wiffle
3: ball bat that's about got like a three foot diameter, and you just start
2: swinging. Swinging, even in Sammy air. Sosa would be like, Hey man, what's in that bat? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you're
3: completely right, all of it makes complete sense. At the same time, I just want some, I, I want to see a swing. Although, here's one interesting thing at this point, because I'm gonna, the one like name that you mentioned throughout all this. Is it my imagination, or do Chiefs fans have Corey Davis, like, 75% signed to the Chiefs already? The <laughs>
1: I've, I've, there are people that have ordered a custom Davis jersey on, on NFLshop.com at this point. Yeah. And, and I mean, and, and I get it. I really
3: do. It, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Um, but it, that, that's one name that, like, I've seen so much as, like, a potential kind of bargain signing the Chiefs could make or other teams that I feel like he's going to get more money than people think just because when you've got, like, you know, 30 fan bases, they're like, oh, this guy makes sense for our team. You'd mm-hmm. think maybe at least half of those teams might feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And then you get a little <laughs> bit of a bidding war. I mean, with, with the wide receiver group this year, really there's a lot of good free agents, guys. Like, at most positions... If you really look at him
2: and, and, so, it's, all, and it's only and it's only going to get bigger it's because totally um, get bigger. I I I asked somebody this name this is not a big swing Seth but it's kind of a moderate swing kind of a moderate guy um, are you are you interested in 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 Zach Ertz because nobody's trading for Zach Ertz nobody's tra- Zach Ertz will, <laughs> therefore Zach Ertz will probably be released because the Eagles ain't got no money I am I am
3: very interested in Zach Ertz as tight end too with the Chiefs. You 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 know his his reputation is now what it is, but I mean, considering what happened with the Eagles at quarterback last year, I'm in a very like yeah position to judge him based on that. And I would love to see the Chiefs invest in tight end too. See, I like I like moves like that. You know, you buy low, do that sort of thing, and that's kind of the fun part about free agencies. Everyone tries to figure out how to game the system, right? Right. I I do have some terrible news, and despite what I'm about to say please continue to subscribe and read the Chief of the North newsletter where we are the one exception (laughs) to the thing. Well, the the second exception, the athletic as well. These are the two exceptions and Josh's show. These are the three exceptions to what I'm about to say. It's really hard to predict how players will play on a new team, even like elite players Mm -hmm. often. Remember when the Raiders signed LaMarcus Joyner after he played awesome, in with, with the Rams, and everyone's like, "Oh man, they're finally addressing that safety spot," and, and now they've got cooked in week two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just even with elite players or players that have played at an elite level, it's hard to judge exactly what they'll do on a new contract. Even guys that have been really consistent. Oh man, I'm about to say something that's going to land me in some trouble, Danielle. For the love of God, don't use this as our as our. Audio clip. Um, <laughs> Danielle's Daniel perked up. Danielle's Daniel. and,
1: and she's enraged. Get that cut and clip and finger ready. Here we go. Frank, Frank
3: Clark played at a very high level, very consistently, for like what four straight years before coming to Kansas City. And last year he played this last year he played pretty average. Right? I mean, he he he's okay.
2: But so he that wasn't. man was still a pro bowler.
3: He was,
1: a, he
2: was <laughs> the, best, the best measure of success
3: in football. Good point. Eh? I,
2: I, think I just, I just wanted to say that.
1: Just to, just I, to I, I, would response. be willing to,
3: I'd be willing to bet, and and I, I would love to sit down and, and have it explained to me why I'm just completely wrong, and he actually did play very very well last year. Maybe that's the case. I've started my charting. I'm not sure. I think that's how that's gonna end. At least in my opinion. But my opinion's not this positive. But the point there being. I think he would even say like in terms of rushing the passer last year, he did not have a great year or even a good year. And he was super consistent for years in Seattle. And then when he finally got healthy last year, he was really good again. And so you just never know. You really don't. The NFL is a weird thing. And especially with guys that are like in that above average range. You know, you really don't know how, you know, what you're going to get in, in Dominican Sue at this point. You don't know what you're going to get with like these, you don't know what you're going to get with Corey Davis. Maybe you get the guy that had almost a thousand yards. Maybe you get the guy who had like, you know, 400 every other year. It's just, it's tough to say. So just keep that in mind with free agency. You just don't know. You don't know. You know, remember when the Chiefs signed Tyron Matthew, there was some hesitancy there. Like, oh man, they're kind of treating him like an elite safety. Is he an elite safety? I mean, aren't there better safeties on the market? Said, you know, idiotic people like me. And turns out he's been unbelievable. So it's just tough to say. That said, please continue to read and subscribe to both The Athletic and The Chief of the North newsletter where we (laughs) can tell you. What will most likely occur and how it'll go? But that, that's the beauty of free agency. It's the mystery, right? You get to optimistically project guys that played well last year. You get to optimistically project that they'll play just as well this next year. And guys that kind of had a down year last year, you get to optimistically project they'll bounce back. And so you get to have the best of both worlds.
0: Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... <clears throat> real pos you need shopify for retail shopify pos is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory shopify has everything you need to sell in person with shopify you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth
1: It's crazy, Seth. This podcast isn't even up yet. And Frank Clark just tweeted you and said, nuh-uh. I, I doubt is, he is, would is he, just he say, nuh-uh. Zoom? Is he on the Zoom right now? <sighs> no. <laughs> Danielle. <laughs> did you have Frank Clark into the Zoom? Look, Clark I'd love makes, to talk to him. I just would like to know that he was here. Clark
3: makes me nervous because he's one player I've never interacted with. And he never has a problem dunking on people. <laughs> and so I'm just like, just look, Frank, if you're listening to this, I'm just saying it's what I see I'm very sorry if I'm wrong. <laughs> Please don't be mean to me on Twitter. Come on, I have a family. My 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 kids really look up to you. What you they, what you
1: really <laughs> what you really need is to say all that to Frank Clark. Have him interrupt you and ask in what regard. And yeah. at that point you're and at least on equal footing. Yep, and then I'll know. It's like,
3: "Well, it's over. I've had a good run. Look, I've been writing about the Chiefs for a decade. I've had a good run." You know? <laughs> I I've, I've had a good run. I've I've only ever had players really come after me in DMs or via email, and so it's it's about time I have someone just dunk all over my face on Twitter.
1: So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we will. <laughs> that's a tough, that's a tough thing to pivot from. That mental image is a difficult one. It's challenging.
2: <laughs> it's challenging. I am
3: that French dude, and Clark is Vince Carter. And he is, just, yeah, I, I can just see it happening.
2: He's still so, rising.
3: He's yeah, still, yes, <laughs> man. I've like started to twitch a little bit and maybe move backwards just a tad, knowing what's about to happen to me. But, uh, but it's just an example of a player who has been very, very consistent having
1: a down year. Um, Nate. One thing I wanted to make sure we talked about some here that is obviously I think going to have a pretty big implication on some other things the Chiefs do. We've mentioned Lucas Niang's name a number of times, uh, and you had a story pop up on the Athletic pretty much right as we were about to start recording the show this morning. So yes. I am now I am in the very uh, uh, the uncomfortable position of asking about a story I have not read yet because it just <laughs> got up there and I didn't get an early draft. Uh, so can you can you tell us kind of the gist of Of what you learned about Lucas Niang for this story, obviously, if you want all the details, go read it. I'm going to read it after this podcast wraps up, as soon as this 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 host stops uh, bloviating for no good reason. But uh, obviously, so so, (laughs) thank you, thank you. So many, uh, so many things across the Chiefs' offensive line seem like they could either hinge on Lucas Niang, or at the very least, he could be the answer the Chiefs have in mind to a number of questions. Not even just like who plays right tackle if Mitchell Schwartz isn't ready. But right. really, like, maybe four spots across the line, I think you could pencil Niang in
2: at, depending on what they see from him. Uh, so what did you learn in this story? Yeah, so um, there was a time, and I think I even said this, <laughs> either the previous episode or, the, or two episodes ago, where I'm like, you know, Lucas Niang, a Chiefs fan's eyes, already a legend. Because, yes. you know, he's just, he's better than what you saw in the Super Bowl. He's been,
1: be quite, he's been a draft pick now for over a year, which is year, a crazy yeah. place we, we to be. We love yeah. the
2: unknown. We
3: yes. love the yes. unknown. Yes. so Man, he's a big dude.
1: Wow.
2: Po- yeah. Part of my job is to find out what exactly was he doing after opting out, right? Um, the deadline, I believe, to opt out of the NFL season last year was August 6th. He took it all the way up to that day and then decided um, in light of the coronavirus, what its impact is on uh, bigger people um, and the fact that he was coming off hip surgery that he had had in 2019. Uh, He just wanted to be cautious and say, Hey, let's, let's make sure that the start of my NFL career um, can go in the best case scenario. Um, Thankfully, obviously more and more people are getting vaccinated. That is uh, a medical miracle that we didn't know was going to happen on August 6th. So, um, For Chiefs fans, it's interesting to know that from mid-September on, uh, Lucas Niang was working out and was training on his footwork technique, hand placement, and how he was going to mirror and counter pass rushers basically in his hometown of Connecticut while the Chiefs were going through the 2020 season. And he really hasn't stopped training. This thing is going to go really from mid-September to whenever he comes back to Kansas City and the team has some form of an off-season program or if they are going to do more remote off-season work like last year and then obviously he come back for training camp, whether that's in Kansas City or St. Joe. The bigger point in all of this is that Niang understands that he needed to become a more prepared player after being with the Chiefs for a couple weeks in training camp last year and he is a large human being, as Seth mentioned. He's six foot seven, three twenty, and he moves really, really well. From what I've seen on some of these training videos that have been posted on YouTube, and you can go find them. You can just type in Lucas Niang Chiefs, and it usually pops up. But I got a, a really good chance to talk to his, um, the guy he's really trusted this in this process, his trainer. Although he doesn't really call himself a conventional trainer, but Brett Yaris is somebody that's worked with Neyank since he was a senior in high school. Um, And so they've been going through not only looking at what Mitchell Schwartz does and why he's so successful from a technique standpoint, but really trying to polish all of these uh, techniques that the Chiefs want him to do in terms of how to counteract a long-arm pass rush move uh, from some of the more premier pass rushers in the league that you've sort of seen over the last decade or so. And all of this is to say is that he wants to be part of the pass rush, or excuse me, he wants to be part of the offensive line solution. And as Brett told me, the plan is for he wants to be a starter. And there's potential for him to have at least a chance when the season begins because we don't know when Eric Fisher is going to be back from his Achilles injury. And Mitchell Sports is coming off of back surgery. So, like, these things are can fluctuate in terms of their rehab and their timetable. Um, but it's fascinating to know that. I think Lucas Niang is doing more work sort of behind the scenes in a quiet manner that may propel him to be a real contributor next season because the initial plan, and I want to get your reaction to uh, from both of you guys, the initial plan was we learned that Morant Duvide Tardif was the first player to opt out. The Chiefs immediately took that news, said, do your thing in Montreal. Obviously, we applaud you as the only active player with a medical degree to put your career on pause to sort of help people in your area combat the virus. But then they took that information and said to Lucas, can you be the starting right guard? And then he hopped it out. Hmm. So the Chiefs want him to prepare this season as if he's playing tackle. There is a case where he could play right guard, although Laurent will come back just as much as Lucas Niang will, is the expectation but there was a chance last year, had he stayed on the team, had he not doctored out, that he would have been perhaps the starting right guard. So he's already been cross-training at guard. He's been training at tackle. He's been trying to get his footwork and hand placement techniques properly down. He's been watching film. I just think he's been doing a lot more than people realize, which is like sort of the big picture part of the story. But Lucas nyang should be a factor for what the Chiefs want to do in terms of finding some form of their solution, which is still pretty murky at this point towards next season. And Lucas did did not decide to um, talk to me for this interview because he just wants to do more work and then he wants to show it before uh, his comments are sort of out there. But, I mean, it appears that Brett Veach has been talking to him quite a bit and the team now... Is really optimistic that Niang uh, can play some role, whether he's a swing tackle or he's somebody who starts the year, and you sort of see where he goes um, as he begins his, you know, his NFL career. Essentially, two years after his last collegiate game.
1: One other thing on that, and then I want to hear what you think of all that, Seth. But one other kind of additional part of that that I think you've you've uh, implied, but I, I don't know if you have any more specifics on is i've wondered how much contact he had with the chiefs before opting out and and how much information he was able to take in terms of like the playbook or getting some yeah. sort of working knowledge of the offense over the course of him still having opted out i had no doubt that he'd be working in in, in some regard the details of this are all great um but do you did you get a feel for you know Will he be coming in at beyond a rookie level of of
2: understanding of the offense, do you think? Yes. Yes, he should. And one of the things that the Chiefs loved about him during the pre-draft process was how smart he was Mm -hmm. and how quick he was to pick things up. So Andy Heck gave him a ton of things. Andy Heck is the offensive line assistant. I should probably Mm -hmm. mention that. Gave him a ton of things to really work on. And there's apparently going to be more YouTube videos of him sort of doing specific things that the Chiefs sort of mapped out for him. Now the league's rules about how teams can communicate Mm -hmm. to a player who's opted out was, was very like weird last year um, because they were technically members of the team, but they weren't with the team last year. Um, So some of this is self-generated from Niang and his trainer. But I think in talking to Eric bien Andy Heck and Mitchell Schwartz, Lucas Nguyen got a real sense of where can I get better? Here are the things I want to accomplish. And I will come back as a more prepared player who's physically fitter to, to obviously play in the NFL than somebody who's coming off of a hip injury um, in a relatively brief amount of time based on when the surgery happened and when he would have played his first game. Um, But I get the sense that he knows everything he's supposed to do. And he's on track to to be a real option for the Chiefs if everything goes well once training camp begins. Seth, how does that make you
1: feel?
3: It makes me feel good. It's just there's so much, there's so many questions. Um, I know primarily based on very few things, uh, your article, Nate, and then the few videos that have been released, it looks like he is working a lot as though he's preparing to play right tackle. Yes. Um, And the Chiefs have a right tackle in theory. Yes. And so then the question is, I mean, are they going to ask him to play guard? Are they going to ask him to flip to, to left? What specifically are they going to ask him to do? And so I'm really excited about Niang. I wrote about him last year. Um, you know, he's a guy who put together really impressive uh, college tape. We've talked about this before, that had he not played hurt in the 2019 season, he might have gotten drafted higher because his his tape from the year before was good. And it was good against really good uh, rushers. Like he did end up going up against like Chase Young and Nick Bosa. Chase Young called him his toughest matchup. Yes. Um, which is... That's a Saying big, something. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, he has excellent physical tools. He's got good feet and great size. And those are hard things to find, you know, a combination of size and strength. So I'm excited for him. He managed to play pretty well even when he couldn't kick slide when he had to just backpedal because his hip, I believe it was, or maybe it was his back. No, I don't think it was his back. No, it, it, was, it was his hip. It was yeah. his hip because mm-hmm. his hip was hurting so much. He couldn't kick slide, which it's like, man, good on you, but maybe get the surgery, dude. Like, so I'm excited about him as a player. Everything with the chiefs offensive line right now stresses me out. I'm a dude that needs a plan, right? I, I need a plan and not knowing what's going on with Fisher and Schwartz. I, I understand what the team has said the Achilles thing freaks me out. And we've talked about this a million times, but that dampens my, my hope with a lot of this because it's like, okay, great. Well, is he going to play or is he not going to play? Um, now I think what cheese fans are going to have to get used to. And Josh, you kind of alluded to this. He's basically been a draft pick now for a year and a half. Yeah. And, it's going to be tough to, because because we're going to all view him as a second-year player when he's not really a second-year player, it's going to be tough to adjust the expectations to understand, well, he probably won't play in an ideal world, uh, depending on what they try to do on the interior, but that would be the plan for him as a rookie. Like The plan wasn't necessarily for him to play as a rookie. So that's going to be the hard thing is to treat him like a rookie when we've been talking about him for a year and a half. So I'm excited to see him play. And I just, I just want a plan guys. I just need to know the plan and it needs to be something other than a miraculously fast recovery for Eric Fisher. That, 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 that can't be the plan that, that plan makes me stressed. Josh, tell me that's not the plan.
1: Well, so here's the thing. Here's here's where I can here's where I can go ahead and pivot us right into the next into the next topic of conversation. Is that part of the offensive line plan is I think going to become more clear over the next week, um, not just with the guys that they may bring in? Because listen, uh, we we touched on this at the beginning. We've all said the names of guys who will not be members of the Chiefs a lot these last couple of weeks. <laughs> this last month, we have talked way more about guys who will be playing for other teams than guys who will ultimately be, ultimately be playing for the Chiefs, just by, like, the uh, number of, of names we've said. They're obviously not going to add all of these guys, but <laughs> one thing that... That Seth, you you wrote about this in your kind of thirty thousand foot view of you know the off plan. That we talked about this on last last show as well. But I kind of want to circle back in on a couple of things in terms of like while we're here on the offensive line, Nate. I would love to know as you as you stand right now. Whenever you look at Austin Ryder and Andrew Wiley and Mike Rimmers and Kelechi Osimile, the the guys across the offensive line that that are uh, pending free agents in one form or another um Wiley is restricted I think the other guys are all fully uh unrestricted free agents whenever the the league year starts um what are you what are you thinking we should be expecting in terms of who from last year is coming back who will be going elsewhere and then where does that leave the Chiefs as free agency will open up for everybody
2: yeah it's a great question and again I'm going to be speculating to some degree and projecting in other areas. Okay, so I'm going to try my best. But it's a really hard year to anticipate what's going to happen because, again, like I mentioned, there's kind of more dominoes, there's more players uh, who normally wouldn't be in free agency. Um, a guy that I'm, I'm really interested in that you mentioned is Austin Ryder because what the team could theoretically do, and I've kind of put this uh, out on The Athletic, is that they could re-sign him to a one-year deal for relative money, all things considered, and basically have Austin be a gap year. And Austin could say, hey, I'm on an NFL roster again. He has a very strong relationship with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I like to tell people, Andrew, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Austin Ryder is someone who is not the best center, but when he's around other talented offensive linemen, it works. Mm -hmm. i.e. the 2019 playoffs Mm -hmm. um but you could sign him to a one-year deal as sort of a gap player and then you could either obviously use a draft pick this year on a center or you could sort of say hey we'll we'll figure that out in the coming year and Austin Ryder can maybe cash in when the cap goes up the year after as well problem with that is um I feel like there are like five or six teams Uh, maybe even like the Pittsburgh Steelers in essence, uh, could offer Austin a bigger, longer contract. The Chiefs might lose out in that case. Um, I don't know necessarily what is going to happen with Colletchio Simile. I think he should return on a one year deal, but that's, I, I still think that's sort of the inside track. But again, these things can change. Um, my question to you guys is, to further protect yourselves, would you guys bring Mike Rimmers back? Because I think Mike Rimmers is is comfortable coming back if the calls are made and it's an understanding from both sides. But if you know you're trying to get a tackle in the draft, most notably towards the bottom half of the first round, even if you can now use some compensatory picks to move up or to try to move up. Um I it, it's a hard read to understand exactly where the team is gonna go because they may be more pursuant to go defense versus offense. So um again I'm trying to make sense of all of this but it, it's it's hard to say if, if 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 I'm making any sense at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I always think you make sense. Austin Ryder's a really interesting name. As I was as I'm sitting here trying to write about like, you know, big names they could bring in, you know, and the big swings. Austin Ryder's a name, like obviously he's not a big swing, but he I keep thinking about him in terms of how he's played when he's had good guards next to him yes. versus yes. how he's played when the guards have struggled. He is kind of um he, 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 he tends to take on the traits of the interior line around him. He is not going to drag down a competent interior line, but he's not going to lift up an, a non-competent, incompetent yes. sounded too mean, a non-competent offensive line. And he does, I mean, we're, we're, we're a couple years into it now and there are still some issues in terms of stunts, twists, that sort of stuff, but he wasn't the primary problem on in the interior last year. In my opinion, he just wasn't necessarily a huge part of the solution. What's the, what's the name of that stuff? The, uh, the stuff that like vegetarians eat, you know, that like absorbs the flavor of everything you put on the plate.
1: Tofu. Um, tofu. He's, he's. Hold on. He... So, I'm sorry. Hold on. Time out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you just forget what tofu is called? I'm
3: a I'm a 36-year-old Midwesterner, Josh. I've never even seen tofu in real life.
2: Carnivore.
3: The Seth, the above I don't, Seth they have it, You've they eaten have it at me. Chipotle, you, 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 remember, you remember all that salad that I had when we went to Joe's Barbecue? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't? Oh, because yeah. I don't eat the food my food eats.
1: They they have it. <laughs> Animals don't eat tofu. They, I, haven't I it. they have it I was going to follow up on that joke. They have it at Chipotle! <laughs> yes, and, and
3: I'm sure when you go there, I'll tell you what. Uh, next time I'm in Kansas City, you and I will go to Chipotle. I'm kidding. We're, we're just going to get barbecue. I'm not yeah, we're going to get barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I don't, like, I don't, don't, I don't know we're we doing, boys. But if, we, if you and I are ever in a position, we're in Chipotle together, you go ahead and order the tofu burrito, and I'll order the meat burrito, the meat burrito, for lack of a better term, and we'll see who's happier. I have a feeling it'll be... <laughs> I just wait, forgot what tofu wait, is. I'm sorry. That's just, okay. That's just crazy it's to not me. like then. it's bacon. I mean, let, let,
1: let's, I mean, is tofu, <laughs> right, right, I didn't realize that tofu was so serious to you. It's just relatively common. So, it's just if you'd have been like, hey, what, hey guys, what's the, uh. It is not common what's in
3: Park Rapids, Minnesota. What, How's that? What's
1: the name, what's the name of that meat that comes from the big, the big, I don't, I don't know, big dogs that moo? What is that called? what or we're, yeah. We're, we're yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really you, comparing you sell, beef. <laughs> and tofu you sound
3: like we're doing today in the year of our lord 2021 we are comparing
2: beef and tofu seth you you sound like the the incompetent general manager or one of them in draft (laughs) day that's what you sound like hey who's that hey bring up the tape by that guy what is he a tier two tier three? Uh, yeah what's he running what's his name (laughs) what's his name
3: Man, this is, I, I just, okay, I forgot what Tofu's called for a is it second. And then Sunny, it sunny Weaver calls you and it says, me. I want Tofu too. I want Tofu too. I just, okay, fine. Uh, my deepest apologies to the Tofu-loving community that is clearly large I and don't, exists.
1: I don't love it. I just
2: know what it is. It is. Right, right. <laughs> Look, have you not looked at Tofu's tape
3: the last two months, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, like I said, we're all slaves to our own experience. <laughs> and my experience, like, like I'm not busting you all chops for not knowing what Flesh Kegla is, okay? We all eat different things in different regions, and I am blaming this on regionalism. It's like when yeah, I pronounce, I'm, it's like when I call it Jaguars, and then I have people send me <laughs> mean messages on Facebook. I'm looking to see if I can,
1: I'm trying to find a menu of a Minnesotan, a North Minnesotan Chipotle just to see if... Uh, if they have tofu on the on the menu, in Minnesota. Uh, okay, I'm sorry I forgot what tofu is. Anyway,
3: to return any to the point. Just
0: to return jarring. the point,
3: Austin Ryder, he is he's tofu. He takes on the characteristics of the interior line that's around him. So if you if if you invest a little bit in that interior line, let's say, let's say, man, their 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 dream comes true and Schwartz and Fisher both come back healthy. And they say, man, Nyan, can you play left guard, dude? Can you can you play left guard? And he says, actually, yeah, I can because I'm huge and I've got good feet too. And it's like, okay, great. Hey, LDT, oh, you're back, LDT. Oh, great. Then Austin Ryder hopefully takes on the characteristics of an, of an interior line that plays well. It's it's another one of those, remember I said earlier, yeah, I get stressed out with what I feel to be almost a non-plan plan. When it's a plan that hinges on a few other things going right, that can stress me out. That said, I think a lot of Chiefs fans are like, oh, yeah, you got to move on from Ryder. Then the question should always turn to, and then to whom are we turning? Yep. And I don't think because the Chiefs have a really obvious upgrade on Austin Ryder that's available in free agency and accessible to them. I mean, Corey Lindsey's there. I don't know how accessible he is. That Yes. I, I don't know, and so it's it, it's it, he's he's an interesting one. Like you said, like when we see what they do in free agency, I think that's going to kind of let us know a little bit what they're thinking is going to happen. But it, it's it's going to be an interesting time because Austin Ryder, he's a guy that I mean. He's played well in spurts. He's had some poor spurts. But I, I really will go to bat for him saying that I think he took blame for some stuff that wasn't necessarily his fault over the last couple of years when, you know, like Andrew Wiley struggled quite a bit more. Between the two of them, I think Ryder played significantly better the last couple of years. So that, that that's that's just worth thinking about. And again, I don't know how you upgrade on him. And so if you've got a guy that you think is an average player that you can keep around at a decent price, maybe that's a good idea when you're trying to upgrade other places.
1: That's where I end up. I mean, we, we talked about that some on, on Tuesday on the radio show, Seth. So I, I won't repeat the entire sort of monologue there, but especially at a position like center. And, and, and cause you say, you know, Andrew Wiley had a, had a tougher year than Austin Ryder did. Andrew Wiley is also way easier to replace. And the, the, the number of guards, for like think about how we talked about Cleccio Simile through those first few weeks. Oh. The the guards that you can find to fill that spot, I think are more plentiful yes. and I think it's an easier job to step into. And so it for for me I'm at a place with Austin Ryder where the Chiefs have a number of places where upgrading even to average would be really beneficial, and if they can just not have to create another another hole in the middle of their offensive line
2: mm-hmm. at
1: a reasonable price, if right. it's a one-year deal like Nate was alluding to, I, in fact, I would probably be willing to, to see the Chiefs pay a little more than they probably should on the Austin-Riders scale, not on a star center scale, but right. to, to pay a little more to just let that not have to be another thing that's in flux. Because for all of the issues across the offensive line to know, all right, we got the same center that's been there in front of Patrick Mahomes his entire professional career here. That that to me gives me a little bit of, of, of comfort, I think, in terms of how many things are already going to have to change.
2: One more name on the offensive line list that Chiefs fans should consider is Villanueva, who's 33, mm. coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. The Steelers. Also, they ain't got no money. I'm um, probably going to let Juju Smith-Schuster and Villanueva go. Yep. Um, Villanueva played well last year. Like, not, like, superstar level, but he played well. So, Villanueva probably wants a two-year deal, just just FYI, uh, because he's 33. Um, just something for the Chiefs to consider. Right now, he's our 29th-ranked uh, free agent on the Athletics uh, ranking of 150 free agents. Uh, you can basically scrap the top ten because all those guys got tagged, um, or the majority of them. But Villanueva, <laughs> I think, is someone They've who's said it been so cheerfully. That was nice. I know he's Villanueva has been reliable. Um, he hasn't had to deal with a ton of injuries throughout his career. Yes, he's up there in age, but you usually feel comfortable with those guys who are thirty, who have a thirty or, or older, who have a real track record. Um, that they're going to be productive for you in some role, whether he's coming off the bench or is a plug, you know, a, a plug player um for, say, you know, Eric Fisher or Mitchell Schwartz, uh, if you need another tackle, uh just for insurance purposes, because uh Chiefs fans will probably feel like fellas, we can have we can never have enough tackles. <laughs> we can never have uh, we could always have more tackles. We can always take another. But Villanueva is someone to 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 uh to think about and sort of turn the tape on if you have some time on YouTube. You also mentioned the compensatory
1: picks earlier, Nate. The Chiefs got two. We knew we, we knew what was on the way there. There was the the pick for Kendall Fuller and the pick for uh, Emmanuel Agba. Not surprising, but now officially locked in. And I think it ended up moving up. A- the NFL basically they put out the wrong list for yes. a second and then the Chiefs ended up moving up one spot because the Niners didn't get two thirds. So yeah, really think about it this way. The Chiefs traded up one spot in two rounds yesterday. What are they what are they thinking? Well, who are they trading up for? Great question. We'll find out in like a month. God, the draft is still so far away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all I all I okay, here's here's what I want Brent Tillis, Chris Shea, Tim Terry, and Brett Veach to do, okay? Because I'm looking at this list right now. Guys, I said some things about Matt Milano a couple weeks ago that Uh-oh. I don't I don't want to take back. Okay, now <laughs> the Chiefs are building a history, and I should mention this too: the Chiefs are building a history of being pretty aggressive with defensive free agents. And there's actually uh, some research that was done by Over the Cap that says that hey, it's actually more um, productive for you to sort of target defensive players in free agency than offensive players because of what Seth mentioned earlier. A lot of times you're you're putting so much expectations on a receiver because you, you just pencil them in for a 1,000 yards, boys. Um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's just not that simple. Whereas on defense, because you're playing sub-packages, because you're playing matchups, because um, those players have at least demonstrated that they could play well against other NFL players before in the past, they have... A chance to have a quicker jump start than maybe even some offensive skill players. So uh, I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to target Matt Milano. I'm just saying I don't want this to happen, which means it will <laughs> probably happen. To which I will say, Matt Milano is a Hall of Famer, just in a completely different context. <laughs> It would be fun to
3: hear you have to take some things back. I, yeah. I, I always enjoy that. It's like, look, what I was saying earlier was perhaps ill-advised, much like how I wish I could take back some of the things I said earlier during this podcast. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you just, you can't, un. this is, it's a good life lesson for all the the, the many, many kids who listen to this podcast for life lessons. It's a good life lesson that you can't, what is it? You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't unring the bell. You can't um, unshoot Bambi's mom. That last one's not an expression. (laughs) But but it should be, though. Yeah, it should be. I think it serves a similar point. You can't see that poor baby fawn next to the the mom and say, oh, crap. I wish I hadn't done that. Mm -hmm. So that would be funny. And I'm all in favor of chaos. So I, I just, I I'm, I haven't been this interested in what the Chiefs might do in free agency in several years. But at the same time, I'm sort of over it already. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think we, we, we're experiencing now what happens when you go to, at the very least, the championship round. Mm-hmm. And then you go to two Super Bowls in a row. There, like, has been, like, no offseason for three years really like you know that it's been you know like a month turnaround and boom we're back mm-hmm. and I think that's I'm just fried on that and then like the <laughs> lack of the lack of, a, of, of 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 what I feel like is a plan with regards to certain positions it, it, it they, nothing they do would surprise me like it's like oh now this is the year that they're gonna take a one-year flyer in Jadavian Clowney. you know what I mean I'd be like oh Okay, which, by the way, people, I don't think they're going to do. I don't think he's a schematic fit. But nothing they would do would really shock me at this point. And so with that in mind, I fully expect them to sign, like, almost no one. <laughs> and then that will
2: be the thing that shocks me, if they if they sign absolutely no one. I, I will say, and, and you know what this is like, Josh, um, going into 2019... Because of where the Chiefs came from, uh, knowing that they were, you know, uh, very close to getting to the Super Bowl, knowing that Patrick Mahomes was still on a rookie contract, that um, it was undeniable for the organization to not keep their mouth shut. For <laughs> 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 several people in the organization, was like, I don't think we've ever been this aggressive, which I mean... I was like, does the league know about this? Because this sounds like y'all here tampering. Um, <laughs> that eventually led to Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, you know, and everything goes on. So, last year, um, it was pretty clear, and I think I was on this, you know, a little bit ahead of the curve. was like, hey, we need to retain the core players. We need to retain the guys that are stars, still in A-prime. Um and we should probably give Patrick Mahomes the largest contract anybody's ever seen. Um, yep. That's not the case this year. Uh, nothing about the last two off seasons sort of give you an indication of what this off is going to be. Not only is the cap down, not only are you having to not deal with CBA stuff and franchise tag. Like, like I woke up the day of the franchise tag deadline and was like, you guys aren't <laughs> going to tag anybody, right? And they were like, yeah, <laughs> We're not gonna tag anybody, all right. Cool, we're going back to sleep. (laughs) Like, so, so far, it's been pretty quiet. I think it's safe to say moving forward that she should probably prioritize the draft slightly above free agency. Not to say that you shouldn't be a player in free agency, not to say that you shouldn't make all the calls, but that the scouting's gotta be there come the draft, which is even more difficult because some kids only played five games last year in college. Now, all that is to say is I don't have a read yet on what the Chiefs are doing, and it's March 11th, guys. (laughs) Like, I don't, like, I have have scenarios that make a lot of sense when you talk to people, but I don't know if there's a clear path as there have been the last two years where even before free agency came out, I kind of had an idea as to what the team was going to do. This year, because of the you know obviously the flattened cap, um, just the the enormous amount of players just being available. Like, can I can I tell our listeners that half these dudes wouldn't be free agents last year? Half of them, mm-hmm. and there's even going to be more people that are going to become free agents in the next few days. All of this is to say is, I don't know. <laughs> You,
3: the the classic seth kaiser long road to a short thought brought to you by <laughs> nate
1: taylor i don't know if the title of this episode is gonna be um to be honest i don't know or if it's going to be seth hates frank clark and tofu please 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 don't do that with frank clark he he's very active <laughs> on social media boy dude it's i gotta it's say out man, it's it's crazy Seth and this this just might be my kind of twisted view but I just think it's crazy how differently you feel about Seth hates Frank Clark as opposed to Josh hates Troy Aikman and Clyde Edwards Elare. It's just kind of crazy how whenever those tables are turned you just got kind of a different energy Seth. <laughs> I don't yeah. know and what the, you
3: mean. Frankly and the <laughs> guy- <laughs>
1: And like
3: the guy, you're just, just saying you're just talking nonsense at this point i just, just full gibberish. denial your
1: pants are down and you're like i'm wearing pants what are you talking about
2: <laughs> it, it it shows it shows our personality that josh is out here beating with troy aiken <laughs> Seth yeah, is like well, please don't tell frank clark about me yeah. and i'm no, like i think it shows they're like well the- i mean i guess matt milano's not a hall of famer like that's as <laughs> hot as i'm gonna get kids It does show the difference in our
3: personalities. And I think it also shows I don't hear Josh out here. Going to war with Frank either. I don't hear it <laughs> happening, and I don't think it's gonna. So I think it's also an acknowledgement of the differing personalities of whom we are speaking. Cause you know, another person I'm never gonna and then he's played in an elite level in Kansas City, but you know who I'm never gonna say much about on Twitter? Tyron Matthew. Cause that dude <laughs> is on Twitter. Like it's true. and he, so I think the quietly quietly
2: been off of it the last since the season it did. Just just gonna yeah, throw that out there. That's quietly true. has the uh, point. Has decompressed from Twitter, which small golf clap to you, sir. Yes, well done, him. An- another
1: t- thing, Tyron Matthews better at than I am.
2: Yeah, yeah, getting
1: really, offline. The,
3: yeah, that he's better at than it, it's it's he's setting an example for us all that we're not going to follow. Although nope. Nate's pretty good about it, ah. I, I would say with regards to Nate's point on the number of guys who are free agents. It's going to be so interesting because we also don't really know what teams are going to do in terms of spending. Is it going to be a more tepid market, even for good players, mm. than it would be in a typical year? Because if that's the case, you're going to see more mercenaries. Mm. You're going to see more, okay, not going to get paid this year. It's going to be guys basically forced to take the Bashad Breland role, right? Mm. Where Breland, his market was was softer than it should have been two years in a row, and the Chiefs were able to get them for, you know, three, four million bucks on a one-year deal. They might have some opportunities with some, like, really good players here. Because, you know, we can joke about, like, Trey Hendrickson and Carl Lawson and, and Clowney and some of these edge rushers that are available. But if someone ends up kind of on the outside looking in, you know, you've got Akwara that is the one everyone loves talking about right now is going yep. to be the steal. That's, it's like it's like John Johnu Smith, right? Where so many people are talking about him as a steal that now it's like, I think they might need to overpay. You're going to end up with some guys on the outside looking in. And maybe that person is, maybe that person is Trey Hendrickson. You know, three or four edge rushers are signed and the market kind of dries up. You go up to him look, yep. you're not going to get yep. that big deal this year. Come
2: play <laughs> J- for us. <laughs> JJ Watt was like, you saying the cap going down this year? You, you saying they You saying there how many how many pass rushers are out here? Yep. JJ
3: Watt. Oh, oh signed I need to get paid up immediately. Yeah, JJ Watt did not wait for free agency to start because JJ Watt is not stupid. Also, <laughs> JJ Watt did not sign with I I I hate to be the well, you know what? No, because I don't need to why well, I don't know why. No, it's, shoot, it's taking, Seth! He did not see, shoot. Okay, tell it to and him the whole Seth. thing. This that, that that beautiful, lovely story of him texting Kyler Murray, I'm signing with Arizona because I believe in you. That is a beautiful thing to say. And JJ Watt, by all accounts, is a fantastic teammate. But also, that is a bald faced lie. <laughs> and I'm proud of him for supporting this quarterback, but it's not like it's like, okay, what is the best quarterback and coach situation in the NFL? I think it's Arizona. That's why I'm going to go there. That's not what happened. What happened was, oh, $20 million guaranteed in a COVID salary cap year. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take it. Oh, no, it was $23 million guaranteed, I believe. And so, I, J.J. Watt, smart guy to get in there before everyone else did and get signed. I think the Chiefs are in a really good position to benefit from, again, think of it as a Bashad Breeland thing. You, you, You're going to have good players who just don't have the market they should, and grab a few of those guys. Grab a few of them. And that it's it's a really good chance for a very visible team like the Chiefs that are known to be well-coached, The players can get noticed on. So I'm excited for that. So I'm more excited, I think, for the second round of free agency. And until we know who gets snapped up in the first round, we're not going to know who that might look like.
1: All right, so uh, on this episode, I'm going to go ahead and just, Danielle, you can just write this down. On today's episode of Time's R, Seth Kaiser uh, attacks vegetarians, uh, says that Frank Clark is terrible, and calls J.J. Watt a liar. I think that's, it's probably too long for the title, but it could at least be the description. Quite the trifecta. Good work, Seth. Thank you. <laughs> that's the show if you want to uh if you want to follow anything else that any of other Seth's absolutely irresponsible side swipes you can follow him on twitter at real mn and also not just his work in the athletic which you should of course be reading but also check out the chief in the north newsletter links on his twitter account or you can go to real A- or, excuse me you can go to MnChiefsFan.substack.com. dot and then of course nate is on twitter at by nate taylor all of his work up in the athletic as well i'm at jb briscoe and I got Almost Entirely Sports on Sports Radio 810 just all the time. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You like podcasts. You're listening to this one. Go listen to Almost Entirely Sports also. We talk about Jeff Long a lot this week. And uh, we'll have an, we'll have another show as news dictates, I suppose. Uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to talk about some things being put into concrete from the Chiefs offseason. We'll know more and uh, we'll figure out what what future Hall of Fame pass rusher Jeff wants to take on next week
2: yep that that that's that's where we're all thinking now i'm I'm going to be discussing uh, with multiple defensive end pass rushers. <laughs> I'm going to be on the phone, and I'm just like, hey, uh, if the money's equal, just 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 come to Kansas City because then you'll be besmirched on a podcast.
3: Yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. Some some county attorney from Minnesota is going to say mean things about you for no reason. Even if you don't <laughs> sign with Kansas City, he's just going to say things about what you have to say. I Look, I'm just saying that... Funny I don't know what to tell you.